This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, Club Scouts. Before we get started, I wanted to shout out to a couple more patrons who subscribed to our Patreon page this past week. A huge thanks to Sarah Garibaldi and Kimberly Stubblefield Jackson. I got to say, the ladies out there are really coming out strong to support the show. As three straight white dudes, that makes us very proud. We make a concerted effort to represent the female point of view on the podcast the best we can, especially with guests like we have today. And we hope that shows. Fellas, you're on blast. If you want to support the podcast, please check out our Patreon campaign at patreon.com backslash Bigfoot Collectors Club. That's all the business for now. Let's have some fun. It's time for the show. the music it's bigfoot collectors club with bryce and michael (laughs) i know a ghost story or two Let's do this. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Bigfoot Collectors Club, the podcast where we share personal stories of paranormal history with yeah. special guests. Wait, what is this show again? A BCC, bro. And uh, tell stories of high strangeness from throughout paranormal history. I'm your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other host, uh, Bryce Johnson. And your producer, O'Reilly Bray. And today is our first day in a rehabilitated studio. The clubhouse yeah. is getting a facelift. Looks dope. We're a little disorganized. This is our second attempt to come in on this. We've been <laughs> off for two weeks. Uh, but we're back, and I'm happy to see both you guys. Happy to see you, yeah, too. Yeah, good to see you, too, man. And we have a great guest today. Yes, as, we're uh, excited. Teased. Uh, I uh, should have gone over what, what she wants me to credit her <laughs> with before, but I've I've known her for a very long time. Uh, she's an actress. She's very funny. We were on What I Like About You together. Sweet. Way back in the day, she has since... Uh, she was on that 70s show. She was most recently a hot mom <laughs> on the Nickelodeon family sitcom. Say it. Nikki, Ricky, Dickie, and Dawn. That it. Good. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, it's Allison Mudd. Hi. Yeah. Hi, everybody. I'm Woo. sorry I sort of me too do you with... By calling you a hot mom. Oh, it's okay. I'll That's, take that me too anytime. Okay, totally. Yeah, thanks. I didn't mean to. If you anytime know, you want to throw hot in as an adjective, I, I didn't want to, I'm good. I didn't mean to objectify That's you. Totally I just fine. boasted about how we're feminists here. Such a jerk. <laughs> in that intro, and then I was like, what a hot mom. No, you, could, you could put hot in front of anything, and I'd be. I just fine with always that. feel like all the moms on these shows are like way more attractive than their husbands. No offense to that guy. I'm sure he's. Really, <laughs> he's God, I'm really sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll 
shut up for Let's the rest start of over. the episode. <laughs> That's awesome. Hi. Hi. Thank you guys for having me. I'm yes. really excited. Like I said, I've become a fan of BCC. Yeah, we're so cool. That's so nice of you. I yeah. think you're like the second guest. No, third guest we've had yeah. who actually listens to the I show. I actually listen, listen to the show. I so love what, it. What, 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 about, <laughs> what about our show? Not our show, but what... Uh, entices you about this subject. I mean, let's get right into it if that's Ooh. the case. Like, what is it the ghost stuff? Is it the UFO stuff? Is it the Bigfoot stuff? What is it? Well, I'll tell you how I found it. I found this just because I ran into you. Okay. <laughs> just doing a little grassroots campaign. Yeah. Sure. And we bumped into each other at one of our favorite little cafes we like to go to. And um, Shout out Village Bakery Village in Atwater Bakery, Village. Atwater Village. And I ran into you and I was like, what have you been up to? And you told me about the podcast. And I was like, cool, cool. That's amazing. I can't wait to support it. What is it about? And he was like, it's about Bigfoot. <laughs> okay. I haven't seen you in a couple of years. <laughs> Allison, hey, Allison, wait a minute. Hey, 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 wait, before you get in your car. Do you remember me? Hey, I want to talk to you about something. First of all, you play a really hot mom on that show, that kid's show I've been, <laughs> I've been watching. DVRing every episode of. There's a light, large hairy biped running around the woods. Uh, i got to tell you about it. I need to tell you about the Sasquatch. Uh, you can listen to all about it. Here, give me your phone. I'll just uh, download it immediately for you and you can yeah. subscribe. Where are you going, Allison? <laughs> and so I was like, well, okay, that's, that's so great. Thinking, what the hell? So I was like, do you actually, do you, you don't, you don't believe in Bigfoot, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I do. Big time. Yeah. So I took a deep breath. I gave him a big hug. <laughs> and I said, it was so good to see you. Business Michael. has been rough on everybody. <laughs> and I got in my car and I was like, holy shit, Michael has gone off the deep end. He believes in Bigfoot. I got to listen to this now. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like as entertainers, it's like okay to come out of the Bigfoot closet, so to speak. Whereas like if you're like a dentist or something, maybe it's not so cool. Like, yeah. hey, uh, you're in the dentist chair. And like, did you just read about that new Bigfoot sighting? You know that there's... <laughs> at least five dentists in this country whose entire office is dedicated <laughs> to like, Bigfoot. That's a mistake. Right. right totally. I feel like it's a big mistake. I feel like if you're a dentist, you have the time and resources to really get into Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah, I, you, I would agree with that. If there are any Sasquatch <laughs> please dentists... E- please email the show. <laughs> please. We want to talk to you. Well, uh, but we eventually won you over, obviously. No, for sure. So I got into the car and I listened to the first episode. Yeah. And from the second you started talking about your story with the alien oh, and yeah. the dogs, I then I decided aliens are real. Oh, <laughs> that's right. You texted me later yeah. that night and you're like, I this is I, I had chills yeah. all over my body and oh, I not good. for a second did I not believe you. Oh well, thank you. Yeah, we're gonna go. package this as a little uh, adver- <laughs> Do it. advertisement. Yeah, we like that. We like guests that uh, that believe everything we say. So <laughs> I did. No, I. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know about the Bigfoot yeah, thing, but that's true. I did. Like, I, I, it sort of changed my mind, and then. I guess I'm gullible or easily influenced, but then I started to That's listen to each. That's our favorite kind of listener. Mm. <laughs> then I started to listen to each episode, and I was. Um, I'll get up on that mic. There you go. Um, I and I was uh, hooked. Oh, well, now thanks. I'm a fan. All yeah. right, That's so Great. cool. Yeah. That's well, so yeah, because nice. Allison and I haven't seen each other for a very long time, as she said. We well, spent... we see we see oh, each other like we run into each other. I had I had two kids and sort of fell out, but now I'm back. Oh. 
You fell out of what? A moving vehicle? World, the world. Oh, like okay. I had two kids. I was on a show. I just yeah, I yeah. just kind of like retreated, but now <laughs> I'm unemployed and my kids are older, so I'm I'm oh, back out in the world. Yeah, that well that's I'm uh, the same. you're looking at two <laughs> I'm your very, male counterpart. Yeah, unemployed with kids. Hey, here we Yay, go. I mean I don't have kids, but I have dogs <laughs> and they need to eat too. Right. Uh yeah, that's basically why we started a podcast was because we were um lonely and sad. Yeah. And uh our self esteem was taking a real hit. <laughs> I mean, I'm lucky that I've I, I have this uh, recurring gig on uh, Crazy Ex Girlfriend, of course. But you know that doesn't fill all the hours of, of sure. my days. And I right. think that that's really the hard thing about being an actor is a lot of people be like, "Oh, I saw you on TV. That's great." And it's like, yeah, that was like eight hours out of one day of one month. <laughs> there was a lot more time when yeah. I was not getting paid and right. not occupied uh, right. in any sense of the word. So it's maddening. Um, it is maddening. Uh, so, so Rick, Nikki, Ricky, Dickie, Dickie and Don is done. <laughs> yeah, we recently wrapped, and I think we still have we still have most of our season to air. So we haven't. Oh, the, okay. the show's not over yet. Oh, okay, good. But um, yeah, we've we I am done with that show. Okay, um, <laughs> I'm done. with Yeah, I it. loved it. I, I had such a great time on it. I'm sad. I wish we could have continued. But four seasons, four four seasons was good. That seems like such a cushy oh, it was job to play to be a, a hot parent, a what a parent a what kind of I'm, parent though uh, a hot. A, an attractive, yeah. educated, strong-willed parent. Right. That's exactly how I talk to my daughter. Specific. I'm like, oh my gosh, you look so smart today. Yeah. You're, so... you're so smart. I know. Every time I see a little girl, because they say you're not supposed to like talk about how cute they are, you know, because it's like, yeah. you know, so I'll be like, you're... You're a smart girl, aren't you? <laughs> I mean, and that just sounds way more like I read, I'm a pedophile uh, than anything else. I read recently you're not supposed to ask, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? But you're more su- supposed to gear it towards what problems would you like to solve when you grow up? That and, is so much harder for a yeah, kid but to I, at least. I know, but I've asked that to my kids, and the um, answers come back are amazing. And oh, really? Yeah, you, you'd be surprised. That, so, that uh, dentist, when he was a little boy, he said, a dentist. And then when you asked him what problems, he was like, I want to find Sasquatch. <laughs> kind of like what you wanted to do when you were a little boy, Michael. Yeah. I mean, when I was a little boy, I wanted to be a Disney animator. That's what I first wow. wanted to be because I liked to draw. And then I wanted to be a comic book writer or artist. And wow. then I got sucked into acting because it was way more social. I mean, I love this, what we're doing right now. And and I still write, obviously, but it is a very lonely uh, trade. And art, I just was never disciplined. I would get, I, I would, I would sit down to draw. And I know Riley's artistic. Bryce, you're artistic. Mm. I would always want the drawing to be finished. I could see it in my head, and I would get frustrated with how much time it took. Yeah. And I never <clears> learned <throat> that that discipline. For some reason, I didn't mind it with rehearsals and doing a play or whatever. I mean, all of it takes time. Creating anything takes time. But all great except edifi- for podcasts, which you can just <laughs> throw together in a number of minutes. That's supposed to be the thing. All great edifices and. Uh, masterpieces of work are supposed to be never finished like you know they say the uh you know the great pyramid of giza when it was uh when it was actually at its shining moment they they probably wouldn't have put a capstone on it um you know to represent that uh you know um god's masterwork is never finished you know oh, that's um, cool and so maybe just stop thinking of your art as being um needs to have a finishing element to it okay well, that's, <laughs> this thing is certainly there you uh, go. rough, so <laughs> the work in progress. We're doing God's work. Yeah, We're doing we God's work. This is, that's it. This is God's work, basically. No capstone on this one. No capstone on this one. 
God is frowning on this podcast. <laughs> we are uh, dealing with all of the devil's creatures on this show. Yeah, right. Um, so, Allison. Yes. Uh, I know. Well, we we spoke a little bit before this recording. Um, I know you've been a little into cults lately. Oh my! I, I can't. It's all that? I want to. It's all I want to talk about. Okay. Think about. I I've always loved it. I think we all have. Yeah. But it's really in the ether right now. I mean, what's just, your personal occult history? Have you oh, ever I have been no, part of a cult? No, I've had lost friends. The, the first time I even really thought about this is when I moved to LA. I had lost friends to Scientology. Wow. Right. Um. So that got me interested. This was pre Tom Cruise jumping on the sofa. And I got me really excited about what the heck this thing was. And, um, Oh, you actually, I just thought about this. Speaking of the occult, I remember (laughs) you gave me a copy, a hardback copy (laughs) of the Da Vinci code. (laughs) No, it wasn't. It was that other book that was like the copy of the Da Vinci code. Oh, you gave me the, no, you gave me the Da Vinci code. I think. And the, uh, the four rules, the four rules. I think it was Same guy. This was like a different, Okay. Possibly. I did read that for That actually book. does surprise me. You, so there was a time when you were like into. I wasn't a cult. into it. I was into reading about it. I wasn't. Well, yeah. But I wasn't. That's into it. But I didn't. I wasn't in a cult. No, no, no. But I'm like saying you were into were. like. No, I was not almost. I, I know. I listened back to that. I'm getting confused with the words like occult and a cult. Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, a cult. Right. Okay. The not, occult. Yeah, not the occult. Things yes. that are strange. And then cult, the word cult comes from the occult because most cults are derivative of the occult. Um, but I remember you were when we were shooting what I like <laughs> about you, you were in that real Dan Brown bat bandwagon where you wanted to read <sighs> mysteries about hermetic uh uh you know symbology and all that stuff. Okay, I do remember saying the writing is poo, but I liked what was behind it. I thought it was interesting and that kind of stuff was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I had lost a lot of friends to Scientology. I became obsessed with Scientology and read as much as I could, but there's been so much more obviously totally. since then. And I just loved it. Like I love to read any sort of like, even if it's not like a well-known cult, I'm just so shocked by people who are seem like they're smart, yeah. well-rounded the book, people. The book was called yeah. The Rule of Four. Uh, <laughs> Michael just looked it yeah, up. Yeah, um, I too am into Ian all Caldwell. that uh, that cult stuff. Scientology, that new Wild Wild Country on, uh, that, on Netflix. So that's what I, God, so I mean, and uh, the I next never, takedown. Continued watching. I got to get did, back. You on. have oh to. I got interrupted with shit. By I the, go did you finish the whole series? I did. It was incredible. Okay, because by the end, even that last episode, this, the, the the man who had become the mayor that was the lawyer. Yeah. Um. They they are so smart. Yeah. They sound like they have. How did somebody so self realized and self-actualized fall under the spell of this person yeah. brainwashing he really like, good slowly tempered brainwashing but, i guess I, I, but also i think he's given them something they want like people crave like community and a sense of purpose and things sure. like that and i mean some of that stuff in i mean spoilers on well country but that city they built was amazing it was yeah. amazing no it and really they was happy and it yeah. seemed like i think people do want that and so if, if they're getting that's satisfied by the cult, then they can slip over the edge really easily. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, you know, those gurus, they have to be, or those cult leaders, they have to be uh, shelling out gems, diamonds to these people so that they can intellectually um, take them in and go, oh, my God, that totally makes sense. And, you know, when they're talking about, like, you know, we can change this world and we can have it all be beautiful and all be love and you know people can get sucked into that stuff you know but like but they were so far down the rabbit hole that by a certain point osho wasn't even speaking he had a vow of silence and yeah. he would just walk in with his creepy smile in his eyes yeah and they were that's all they needed they didn't yeah. even need words yeah was osho getting laid 
Oh, all oh, the time. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure they didn't say it, but I, he said he didn't. But I'm sure he was having sex with Sheila. Oh, you know. Right. Oh, yeah. Because she went to visit him every night to like download Tough the day. Titties. Mm-hmm. Tough titties. I just love her. That's my favorite thing to say now. <laughs> By the Tough way, I, she's, she's fan, like t- the whole series is worth watching just for her. Yeah, she's amazing. phenomenal. But then I, I, I was so sad because it, when it ended, the next day I heard your podcast about Keith Raniere. And then two days later... It was back in the news. Yeah. yeah. It's um, been a real fun time to be alive for it, me. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm, I've never been more alive inside. Oh, my God. I'm so happy. I, so you, you, you belong to an anti-cult. Which is a, a cult of one <laughs> yeah, that right. feels cult more alive when cults are <laughs> yeah, being exactly. exposed. I mean, I'm not kidding. Like, when I wake up in the morning, I go, the first thing I do, I go to Twitter, the Twitter search function, and I'll put in Keith Ranieri and see what new has come oh, up overnight. Dude. Okay, That's I want to go back to something we said a couple it's minutes ago. It's fascinating to and, follow that story. Oh yeah, gosh. and when I when I listen back to, we're referring to episode 21 with Kimmy Gatewood about uh, 20 minutes in, we, we talk a little bit about this. I wasn't. Almost, I did not yes, almost join a cult. <laughs> yes, you did. I, I thought you were going to say, Sorry. I wasn't completely honest. No, I didn't almost join. I was like, I found myself surrounded by those people and I was targeted uh, along with many other adults and college students. Hoodwinked. Hoodwinked, or, or you know, we. But I thought I was judging an acapella festival. But um, the yeah, whole thing I mean, is so funny to me. Guess what? I mean, <laughs> fuck it. Uh, she got arrested. So the actress I was referring to was in that Allison episode was Alison Mack. Mack. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And I just read she got thirty years. Uh, wait, um, what? Uh, yeah, they 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 sentenced her. No, already. No. She yes. hasn't had a trial yet. Oh, she hasn't had trial. Okay, no, no. Well, she's out she, on a she's five on million bail. dollar bail. Maybe that's what I read. She's living yeah. at her parents' house in California right now. She yes. could be. Oh my God, it's crazy. Uh, I mean, I don't Did know. Did you date much... her? No, God, no. I mean, no. Not Did you want to date her? <laughs> no, 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 no. I was. Uh, I think I was dating somebody at the time. Actually, uh, she was in a relationship with somebody. Oh, okay. She was with Keith Raniere. Yeah, <laughs> apparently. Jeez. No, we were in. Uh, we shared managers, and I was shooting the show Saved for TNT. And I would go, I would hang out. I actually hung out with her boyfriend more because he was a painter, and I would go over and, and paint stuff. And he was just like a way chill dude. I don't know what happened to him. I don't think he was really a part of it. So how much of Fifty Shades of Grey is to blame? <laughs> I mean, what you know? Because that book. Slave, I mean, yeah. Master. Have you read Fifty Shades of Grey? Because I don't. Think <laughs> no, it... but I mean, but I'm you not... know, it's based on a master and slave relationship. Oh. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's got all these uh, women in a hot fervor. And I'll tell you, you know... what, Keith Raniere does not look like Christian Grey. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like Tobias from Arrested Development with longer hair. I think he wears the shorts. Yeah, he's a never. He's nude. a never nude. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. No, but uh, yeah. So uh, it's just cra- it's crazy because I do feel like uh, some dude on Twitter was like, "Gudo," I was like, "Hey, you guys should listen to this if uh, this episode if you're into this Nexium shit." And this one guy who's like clearly uh, really out to. Bust Colts was like an hour and twenty minutes. Nobody has time for that. Get over yourself. Oh I was God. like, well, you didn't listen because obviously it wasn't all. Our whole episode wasn't about this, <laughs> but I don't know why I'm. It letting... was ESP when you were there, right? Or was it yeah, Nexium? ESP? Okay, that was what they were they were selling. I don't think. I mean, maybe Nexium existed, but yeah. it hadn't graduated to that level yet. Were you branded? No, I wish. <laughs> only with a BCC logo. Yeah, only with the BCC logo that Riley put on my butt. It's part of the thing. So the after I were cleaned men... his bathroom with a toothbrush. I guess I didn't understand like how it was set up. There were men in the ESP organization, and just not in Nexium or not? 
Uh, listen, I don't know. All I can tell you is what was going on in this. <laughs> you're, you're the authority festival. now for me. <laughs> from what I could, from what I could ascertain, there was uh, Doctor Ranieri at the top of it. Then there was another woman who was kind of like his Sheila, who was bankrolling a lot mm-hmm. of it. And that's who the house was that I was in, and she was the heir to the well, secret room. Was it right? the sort Claire or the Claire. other Claire? Claire. Yeah. Uh, and she was very nice, but she was also very, like, they had me MC these live performances each night of all the kids. And every time before I would go out on stage, she would be like, you have to be very happy and very energetic. And I was like, I got this. I'm an actor. I can <laughs> you know, but, yeah. but there, there did seem to even be in the public presentation something that they were trying to communicate communicate and advertise and i don't think i was doing what they want i mean i i was very quickly like uh i don't know what the fuck is going Mm -hmm. on here and frankly i only kind of stuck around to figure out i I was kind of like what the hell is this so i kind of otherwise i would have walked away i really would have walked away a i felt like i made an obligation and i did coach these college students who thought they were there for that which they Sadly, we're not. They were there to get recruited. Um, so I was like, well, I'm just going to stay here and kind of assess the situation. Also, my manager had put me in that position. So messed up. So I wanted to arm myself with as much knowledge as I could. You basically were going undercover. Yeah, at that point <laughs> I was like, because other other judges were coming up to me and they were you know, some professional actors and performers and singers and educators going, what's going on? And I felt like I was kind of the only one who had a little bit of a tip off as to what was taking place. Um, but, uh, yeah. So he, like, we're about to meet God. Yeah. We, guys, <laughs> it's about to get awesome for 10 years. And then we're going to South America and then it's all falling It's going to be sweet. Just hold my jail. hand. Um, save up $5 million for that bail. We got this. We got this yeah, guys. And then, um, and then, uh, so so basically, what it looks like was there was a lot of women running the show. They all, like I got picked up by the airport by a young woman. There was a lot of young women, like fresh out of college, or maybe in their late tw- mid to late twenties, early thirties. Not a ton of guys, and the guys who were in it to me felt very beta male, uh-huh. felt very like kind of nerdy, kind of quiet, but sweet guys. And then at Walking around, you'd catch a glimpse of him every now and then, arm in arm with a woman, was Keith Raniere. And he. What did he wear? Like, what uh, was... He was wearing, like, uh, he wasn't wearing, like, a flowing white robe, but he was wearing, like, oh, a, a pu- he was wearing, like, a blousey white shirt. <laughs> okay, good. And, and like a puppy. Like, yeah, and he had, like, um, who's the guy who. Uh, God, I really feel like my apartment's going to get burned down now. I know, I'm scared <laughs> uh, for you. Who's the guy, uh, Mark David Chapman? He had, like, those Mark David Chapman glasses. And, you know, he kind of had like a wispy comb over with long hair and a beard. He totally was presenting himself to look like a guru. He was obviously a stuck up asshole. He didn't say hi to anybody. It was clearly like, oh, you would have to deem to go to him. He didn't thank you for being oh, here. Oh, God, no, 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 not at all. He didn't even acknowledge my and I'd been on stage being like, Dr. Keith, Rainier, like an idiot. <laughs> Welcomes you to the whatever the I fuck this thing is. I haven't found any video of that yet, but I have been looking. Oh, that's the other thing is <laughs> they there is we'll video because Patreon. they were they were trying to get everybody on on camera, of course, to sit down sure. and talk about this thing, and I avoided them all weekend long, and then like one. Sunday afternoon, they kind of cornered me, and they're like, "We need some comments from you," and I was like, "Fuck!" And you're you're kind of in that thing where you're like, "Well, they paid for my flight, and they're putting me up," uh-huh. I don't, I don't, I, eh. and um, 
And so I, I think I got on camera and rambled about Joseph Campbell, which probably made me sound even more insane because they were like trying to talk about self-empowerment. I was trying to keep it academic. Pivoting, yeah. And I just remember being like saying to my lawyers afterwards, I was like, if that shit ever, they're like, we'll write a letter. Don't worry. But um, I know I sound okay, very That was Michael Cohen. But, yeah. But that that were... man was Michael Cohen. <laughs> we'll write a letter. Don't you He's worry. He's a great, great man. Great man. Great man. <laughs> Uh, but when you said that they were not feeding you, they there wasn't ample food. Was so that? So they were catering. They had, um, they had like. So we were in this. There was this. Uh, appropriately enough, there is a big. And I don't know. I, I want to get. Out, I don't want to take uh, yeah, too I know, much I'm sorry. time I, away is, from you. That's Allison. all I want to talk about. Um, I know. I'm sorry. I, I'll well, stop. maybe we can put this up even as a Patreon thing, or I don't know, whatever. <laughs> but um, there's this. There's this building in Albany that looks like a UFO. It looks like a flying saucer. It's like this convention center. So that's where everybody was meeting for this thing. And there's like theaters in there and uh, rehearsal rooms and stuff. And then they would cater lunch and dinner, I think. But they would just be like white rice burritos with no protein in them Mm -hmm. and like iceberg lettuce. Mm. And I was like, what the fuck is this and there's this whole thing there's a whole method where cults um slowly get people you know they they give them a low calorie low nutritious diet because it weakens the fucking mind well yeah and And i didn't know if it was because i wanted to ask you do you think it was because they were just like not prepared for these people or was that a tactic oh it was all tactic the whole thing was tactic those burgers are for people who (laughs) sign up yeah all those things were all tactic and at the same time they were they were trying to launch a social network that was a total pyramid scheme where Uh you could like you and your friends it was like targeted to college kids where you would like go buy like if you needed books or a shelf-free room you'd go to this website but it was also owned by this so they were trying to launch this like whole Net, it was it was all a tactic. It was all wow. a bullshit. That's crazy. Bullshit public farce. I mean, it was it was they they, they weren't. This, Keith Raniere wasn't into acapella music before this <laughs> shit. You know what I mean? You well, don't they, know that, Mike. <laughs> it was listed I, in one of these articles I read. It did it mentioned he went through a brief acapella phase. <laughs> So. Right. Yeah. so there you go. Well, yeah. because also kids started googling his name and they left the conference. Sure. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. Michael has a little cold. They left the conference and then started like tweeting out or whatever, you know, like this guy is a pyramid schemer and people started leaving. So they were kind of busted by Saturday night of that whole scam. The internet has really wow. hurt. Easy, easy really hurt access. Cults. Yeah, has really hurt cults, yeah. I would imagine. And former serial killers. They caught the uh, Golden State Killers. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, 23 and Me. I was in the middle of reading that book when I was in Austin this oh, weekend. Oh, really? That's cool. What a cool time for that Fucking to fascinating. So while you're waking up and Googling yeah. cults, I've been waking up and Googling updates on the Golden State Killer. I got to get into that. Oh, my God. Anyway, so <clears> what, <throat> what about you, though? Uh, other, other other than being into all this shit, like... Did, did you have ever have a an experience? No. In fact, when I knew I was coming on here, I was like, come on, there has to be something. And I was thinking back, like I would get like spooked out in my basement, but I never really believed in any of this stuff. And the first time I ever thought that 
like something like a ghost would be taken seriously by anyone was um, not until I was in like middle school. It was in the news. There was this man called the Gray Man that would roam Ooh, the coast. Tell us about that. He would roam the coast of South Carolina, like right around Pauley's Island. You grew up in Columbia. I grew up in Columbia and went to school in Charleston. Okay, but he would um, he would roam the coast. He was dressed. They said looked like a pirate, possibly gray long coat. Some people said that he didn't have legs. The story goes that he was um, started being seen first in the early 1820s. And the story is that he was traveling from Charleston to some and then somewhere around the Polly's Island area got he and his horse got caught in the pluff mud of the marshes. Wait, uh, what's pluff, pluff mud, mud is like a quicksand. That oh, sounds no. like something out of Star Wars. I know, I know. I, I'm thinking of like never ending yeah. story when right. uh, Atreyu loses his horse. No. That and they, was so, so sad. they um Traumatic. they go down in the quicksand and he dies. And so I don't know what the connection is with storms, but he became someone who would wander the uh, coast and like warn people of storms coming. And I storm, didn't, bro. I didn't know any. There's a storm. There's a storm, bro. There's a storm, bro. Sir, you have no legs. You're just a, a storm, coming. <laughs> dripping sands. Maybe that's you more guys of an sound emergency. just like him. It's great. It's eerie. Actually, I'm spooked. Um, and the reason reason why he hadn't been seen in many years but the reason why he was like in the he was literally on the news is because uh of hurricane hugo like two weeks prior to hurricane hugo which destroyed the coast of south carolina big storm (laughs) big storm old hugo's on his way (laughs) anybody see my horse that's wild. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a couple saw him. A couple in Poly- on Polly's Poly- Island saw him. They waved to him, and he just disappeared. Like, he just mm. disintegrated right in front of them. He took a giant sand dump. <laughs> he did. And then vanished. And then two weeks later, Hurricane Hugo hits. Whoa. The only house that was spared, and the, the other houses were completely full, like down to their studs. The only house that was spared was right there. It was their house. The people that Shut saw up. the ghost. Oh, wow. Swear. It was on an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. Like, it became, it got national attention so that was the first time i thought okay maybe there's maybe there's something maybe (laughs) maybe people take it seriously i still don't it's still Mm. a joke and then really i've had no other experiences um i really have had no other experiences with ghosts or anything until i was wait go ahead well this isn't that exciting because i didn't see it but i i this show that i was just on we shot for four years um on paramount stage 19 which is historically haunted if you go on and google it on the internet you'll see um all these different ghosts, but the one, the famous ghost that's there is the ghost of Heather O'Rourke, the girl from Poltergeist. Oh, she died when she was 12 yeah. of um, complications. Uh, oh. yeah. They thought it, she was misdiagnosed. She died of a heart attack due to like sepsis or some sort of like <laughs> intestinal infections, infection. But the reason why she's on stage 19, they say, is because a few years prior she had... Um, she had had a recurring role on Happy Days, and she loved it there. It. She had so much fun. That'll do it. <laughs> she had so much fun. It was like what she remembered as her happiest time. And yeah. she loved to climb up all the way up to the roof and run on the catwalk where all the uh, lighting was hung. That's not allowed. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, somebody called the SAG deputy. Yeah, I, our kids on our show could not have gotten they up there. They shot her down with a taser, and that's why she's haunts the place. But like, Get all, down off so the many different, through the years, so many different security guards would hear like giggling and laughter and running oh, yeah. up in the catwalk walks one person actually saw her before there's like all these different accounts and they say that she's there so i was always looking for her but i i always imagined that i would look up and just see her long blonde hair hanging yeah. down kid ghosts are the worst they especially really like are. the ones that laugh oh god please <laughs> and then you're just like oh <laughs> you know where if it's like storm coming you can deal with that <laughs> yeah right you know exactly there's a i think there's like didn't the the girl who played the 
oldest daughter on Poltergeist yeah. also died. There's like yeah, a whole there's Poltergeist a whole curse. Poltergeist. Yeah, there's that's a what they've line talked of about. curse going on through the cast of Poltergeist one and two, I believe. We need um, eyes on Craig T. Nelson because I will not <laughs> be able to deal with that. Yeah. Oh, and also an editor on Wings, which also shot on that stage, has her apparently in footage. Like she's standing in the background. Oh wow! Of like some scene in Wings. Wow. Um, and then I I never had any experience with this ghost, but apparently a people on our crew had in fact devron was a stand-in i don't know if you remember oh, yeah, on what i like about yeah, you yeah, yeah. he was a stand-in on this show as well and he had had his plate of food tipped over by her or by a ghost mm. also, he had heard his name called when no one else was on the stage like whispered Deborah. wow yeah also uh fun fact she played dawn in nikki ricky dickie and dawn <laughs> yeah oh it this was whole great. time you didn't know the, yeah. the fourth child was, <laughs> was a ghost. an actual ghost for real um okay let me see i'm trying to google the poltergeist uh mm. curse here yeah that spielberg seems to have his finger on the pulse when it comes to like uh being pretty accurate about how these things are depicted and i know that that poltergeist was like very I mean, it kind of set the tone for, you know, future like ghost movies, I think, mm-hmm. um, as far as being like the most realistic. Oh, and, for real. Yeah. Uh, you know, same with his film, um, you know, Close Encounters of the Dominic Third Dominic Dune. That know? was Dominic Dune. That was um, uh, or uh, Dominic Dune. Isn't Dominic Dune the reporter that was on the OJ case in the courtroom? His daughter, Dominique. What was his name? Um, uh, she played the older sister. She... Uh, uh, a her boyfriend choked her into <gasps> a coma. Wait, when? How old was she? Do you um, know? She was twenty two at the Ooh. time. So she was one. Then That'll Heather O'Rourke, and then a couple characters that I think played uh, spirits on the show. Um, Dominic Dune, yeah. Mm. Was it you that said on a the saddest ones, the, the young ones, like with unfinished business yeah, and they're coming, and it's just so yeah, it's it's so sad. Yeah, Dominic but, Dune's father was Dominic Dune. He was a famous, uh, I think he was a crime journalist for the, uh, or a reporter for the, uh, uh, investigative journalist for the LA Times, maybe. Um, what did he write for? Yeah, as an investigative journalist. Maybe not. He's, uh, I know they lived in LA, but um, uh, anyway. But yeah, so those are my only two, like, like, by pro- like I'm in the, by in proxy. the yeah, ghost sort of realm. But um, and I never really, I, I'm so practical. I'm so logical. I like straight and narrow with the stuff. There's no proof in front of me, like real proof that mm. I don't believe it. I'm, I'm just fascinated by this because you are, you got your start in New York. You mm-hmm. were an actress in the Fantastics for a number of years, right. the long running off Broadway for... show. Yeah. And theaters are notoriously haunted. I'm surprised you never had any experience in uh, with the theater ghost. I know, and I was in that theater by myself for years. I mean, because we I, we did eight shows a week, and I would oftentimes be there alone. I would always be skeeved out, but that's just me being skeeved out. Like I wasn't, I never saw a ghost, or maybe I'm not open to it. I I don't know, but my brain tells me I never saw one because they aren't real. Mm-hmm. So that's because my brain needs to. I need proof. Yeah, you're not the only one. Have you ever sure. seen an infrared? ray or an x-ray are infrareds rays or are they just a spectrum it's a spectrum well, i believe but you can't it, it could i know where ray. you're going with this hey point to the <laughs> wi-fi in the room i can't exactly okay i hear you and listen i'm like i also said on the other hand, hand i'm also like i'm gullible you know what I, else you've never seen what? my butthole i haven't i don't i don't know that it exists you can't be convinced that i don't know that it exists true <laughs> prove it oh my god what if it turned out i don't have a butthole you'd be in trouble prove buddy. it i mean you've never seen it either really Talk, yeah no but i'd always minute. been so <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. 
<laughs> What's the uh, the the name of the theory where like um, it's that uh, idea of like it, oh there's a name there's a term for this and now I'm gonna I'm sure people know it at home and I'm sorry and I had this concept of a kid is like if you turned your back the world would cease to reality would cease to oh, exist right. object permanence there it is object permanence mm, thank nice. you nice and w- so you, it only exists if you're looking at it right so you sort of have an object permanence not still I'm and I don't think that that's the right way of thinking I'm saying that's where my brain feels most comfortable that's you're all you're pragmatic you're practical yes I I'm like pragmatic that. and practical but when I first the first time that my brain even opened up to the idea of like something else really was when I read um, Many Lives, Many Masters by Brian Weiss. Mm-hmm. His name. Anyway, it's just about past lives. He was a, and, and I loved it so much because he was um, a skeptic. He was agnostic. He's an academic. He graduated from Columbia and Yale and had a booming practice and had been published many times, never believed in past life, you know, yeah. anything like that. And he was helping this client, I think named Catherine, deal with some severe phobias. And he was using hypnosis to help her work through them. And in this hypnotic state, she starts talking about things that she could not have known about, like things that happened in like 18, like, so, so, I mean, BC, like things that were happening in lives and they were, her attention to detail was so specific. She knew the Flintstones. (laughs) She totally did. She was like, Barney Rubble is a She sold them that monster that was her garbage disposal. (laughs) No, No, but like, there was like story, and I might be conflating two different stories from two different people, but there's like this woman who knew exactly how to intricately wrap a mummy and Mm -hmm. like all the, and he was able to actually corroborate a lot of it through, he, it took him a long time to actually buy that this was actually past life. The book was pretty. It's I, I highly recommend it. It's I've it's never a read very it, but I've, yeah. I'm that sounds way up stuff. your alley. Yeah, for it's right. a sure. great book. And the thing that really spoke to me because my dad had just died and my son had just been born within two months of each other. So I had had this sort of whiplash roller coaster experience in life with life and death, and it was this part of the book. It makes me want to cry to even think about it. Which is called at least like soulmates. Just scoot closer to the mic and then cry. <laughs> it was um, the part about soulmates and uh, basically and soul groupings mm-hmm. that the people that are your soulmates in your life. The reason why there's a soulmate is because there's a connection because they're from past lives yeah. and that you follow each other in groups. Mm. So you might have like the three your three best friends or your daughter and your maybe my son was my teacher in a past life or maybe this asshole boyfriend had killed me in a past life. You sort of kind of travel with the same souls through That's your life. That's very lives. interesting. And that, because I had just lost my dad and my son had just been born and I was realizing the love you have for this new little child and one day not being around that child. And it gave me so much solace and peace and hope that I wanted to believe in it. Like I didn't know if it was real, but all of a sudden my brain was like, okay, maybe I wanted it so badly. I wanted to believe it that that was the first time that I thought, okay, maybe, maybe there's something more than what I know. Yeah. Well, those are my favorite types of things when, or when academics get pulled into this paranormal field and they really, they're really hesitant to like, you know, look at the data, but once they start collecting these stories and, you know, they're, they're led to no other conclusion mm-hmm. than, um, then, you know, something is out of the realm of, of, of normal material existence here. And, and, you know, they, they, they don't, they don't put a stamp on it. This is what it is, but you right. know, um, they're, they're oftentimes they're left with an odd feeling of, you know, maybe there is something to this past life, um, reincarnation or this, you know, gr- uh, soul groupings or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, very strange. And I would stuff. hope so. I really want that to be true. I have no idea. But what 
you guys do on the show, which I really love, he, he did in this book too. He says when, when it first happened, he went through all of the things that it could be Mm -hmm. like, okay, here's an explanation. Here's an explanation. Here's a possible explanation and sort of refuted those. That's like what you guys do after you tell your story. You're like, okay, here are the things that it could be. I love that because it at least acknowledges doubt. Yeah, well, you have and skepticism. To, yeah, I I think is is whenever we whenever I research a story of high strangeness or whatever, I'll, the first thing I'll go to is right to the to the skeptic uh, websites and stuff like that and read what they're saying about yeah. it because you know a lot of the time is they'll it'll clue me in onto something like that either makes more sense to like what this could be or or it'll rule something out automatically. But a lot of the times, you know, um, when you listen to those you know skeptical sides of things, you know. Um, it almost makes some of the cases that I've looked at even stronger, you know, oh, because wow. they're really right. not presenting anything that refutes the evidence. Sure. I mean, they're really just kind of um, being very wispy in their, in their, uh, you know, kind of account of what, what they think is happening. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. What, do you have any experience with that, Mike? Or oh, Well, I, I do. I mean, I tend to, whenever I dive into a story of high strangeness, I try to just look for the the lore first, mm. whatever the folklore is. What's the actual nugget of the story? And then, and then look for answers uh, from there. I'm actually not... Sometimes, you know, you'll get in a little something, you're like, okay, this is obviously fake. There's going to be some of that in today's story. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I tend tend to look for the things to disprove it as well. But I, for me, the focus is the joy in this is the 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 lore of it that's yeah. what i really like not, but if you find the fake thing that doesn't destroy the whole story for no, you no because look i think it comes back to um you know, we've said this on the show multiple times just because there's one uh, one bad apple doesn't ruin the bunch in this stuff mm-hmm. i mean i think it can for a lot of skeptics mm-hmm. but but ju- if one thing turns out to be fake it doesn't mean that all encounters are fake i think that and this story today that we'll get into is a very good case of this, where I think there was one perhaps genuine encounter and then a lot of copycat and known hoaxes. Um, but it does just because it was, I think that people build on hype around stuff like I guarantee, you know, many of the crop circles, if not I was most just of the jump. crop circles are fake, but it doesn't mean there haven't been genuine crop circles. I was circles. just going to jump up on that. You know, as soon as like the, uh, you know, the media was presented with these two guys about out of right. England, Bo- uh, um, Bauman and Ch- um, Char- D- uh, Doug and Dave, Doug and Dave or whatever. It's like uh, the media had their answer. And it just disputed move, you know, all the on. history but and all the evidence, and they lapped it up as as if like, okay, now we finally have something. Every everything else is just absolutely now. We don't have to look at that anymore. Right. And uh, now we can just easily accept this this rote answer that these two old guys um, with uh, hats and a string and a plank board have been making <laughs> all these intricate circles. You know. And now they're they're even dead and long gone. And you know, crop circles are still coming up every single year in the spring, especially around uh, England and stuff. Some are so complex and and so you know, just exceptionally mysterious that there's no way that college kids are doing this stuff, you know, and mm-hmm. not only that, just all the stuff anyway, but yeah, it just goes I, on what I, you I say. I think nine times out of 10, whatever happened can be explained with a rational explanation. But because of my personal experiences, um, uh, I, the door is left open for me for that one out of 10 time where there's something going on. And I, and I, 
we haven't been able to formulate this quite yet, and I think other people have done a better job of this, but as we continue with this project, I'm beginning to really believe that there is some type of higher intelligence outside of our dimensional realm that we live in that is communicating with us perhaps multiple um, species or race races for lack of a better term or, or types cryptids or um, multiple that are, scenarios that are engaging with us on our level in a myriad of different ways mm-hmm. and wearing very wearing different masks and different appearances but might all be the same thing or might be different versions uh, of something coming or coming f- from a, a higher plane of, of reality, like a, a higher dimension, a fifth dimension, the sixth dimension, something outside of space time. That's when my brain starts to say, "Okay, night, night." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get it. It's a big because it's too hard. It's, well, I don't understand. But, but, but think of it this way: it it's no bigger than the concept of the old Judeo Christian. Uh, concept of God and angels and that when we die we go to another place called heaven now we know that some people don't believe in that Uh, I don't know if I believe in that Uh, but um, we know heaven's not in outer space right yeah I have a hard time we know it's not in the universe so I think there's something outside of our space time Mm -hmm. uh, where intelligence and entities that we can't quantify do exist. I mean, this is uh, maybe just the working of my imagination, but this is stuff that I've put together through through just reading all of this stuff. I mean, one of the biggest authors that has led me to this um, uh, uh, kind of theory is Grant Morrison, who's a comic book writer and a science fiction writer, and some of his experiences uh, that he's had personally um, and, and writers like Alan Moore um, throughout. So this is me piecing stuff together um, through, you know, 15, 16, 17 years of reading different stuff and reading accounts like this. Um, I don't know what it is. Something's going on. I think something is going on. I think there's something that's beyond us. Um, I tend to think, but but I also don't rule out that even in that reality or higher reality, in this universe, I think there are also aliens that live on other planets outside of our solar system. Mm-hmm. And perhaps some of them, physical, in physical crafts, have have managed to create wormholes to travel here and may have done that and may have an evolutionary jump on us. So we might be dealing with flesh and blood aliens, and we might also be dealing with extra-dimensional entities that are presenting themselves as something we would call an alien or an angel or a ghost or a Bigfoot or a Loch Ness monster. You I, think they could also present as human? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, why not? Right. You know, I think sometimes um, there's there's this great story. For example, there's this great story that was in a, um, and I'm I'm going to paraphrase this because this is just out of my memory. There was a great story that was in uh, I think the Pittsburgh Post Gazette from like the late 1800s and it was written in the newspaper where two men were like walking down Fifth Street. Um, and this is like in the age of Carnegie when he was like building all these steel factories and the melon banks were, um, were, were you know, all these rich guys, the Rockefellers were on the rise. And these two men, uh, the story goes, these two men were walking down the street and a dog appeared out of nowhere, spoke English at them, and then disappeared. Wow. And they reported it in the paper as this bizarre thing that <laughs> happened. And it's little things like that where I go, much like the way... We, as human beings, sit down 
and engage a pen and paper and write a story or draw a picture, which is us really engaging with the second dimension. We're taking a second dimensional plane and we are creating something out of it. I think that there are entities outside of our dimensional plane who have the ability to jump down into this reality and engage with it in many different ways that we can't see because we're on that we're, we are for lack of a better term on that sheet of paper you mm. know we can't mm-hmm. see the people the artists outside of this whether you call it god or aliens or angels or whatever engaging with us and when i see when i hear stories like that i go somebody got on the line and came down interacted as a dog went well like a little kid t- in fashion <laughs> and popped out and we go what the fuck was that right. right i think sometimes some of these ufos that manifest are things like that i think sometimes when people see angels it's it's that i'm, I'm rambling because i'm on no antibiotics i think that's a very, medication very but... fascinating um yeah but point of view yeah I, uh... yeah um anyway let's uh let's let's move on yeah great to uh let's take a break and when we come back we're gonna do high strangeness Sweet. perfect Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome back to Bigfoot Collectors Club. We're here with Allison Munn, and now it's time for High Strangeness. As if your last segment wasn't strange enough. <laughs> that was called Low Ramblings. <laughs> I loved it. Now, guys, we're going to jump right into this. Right. Reptilians. Oh, boy. Mm. Yes. Reptilians have appeared prominently in mythology, cryptozoology, ufology, and even conspiracy theories throughout the ages. Typically described as powerfully built, seven to ten foot tall humanoids with crocodilian features. These scaly creatures often give off the effortless, effortless air of total dominance over mm-hmm. human beings. The evolutionary opposite of the Homo sapiens, the reptilian holds a dark mirror to humanity, presenting a funhouse reflection stripped of love, empathy, and warmth, and composed only of cold, cunning, predatory desire. Did you write <laughs> yes. that? That's beautiful. This is, this is my writings. That's gorgeous. That's, I love it. I sat down and wrote this for you yesterday. Yes. <laughs> Goosebumps. I'm in. Reptilians enjoyed a newfound popularity in counterculture during the early to mid-2000s when British author David Icke, presenting years of crackpot theories across numerous volumes of work with titles like The Biggest Secret and Children of the Matrix, capitalized on the anxiety-ridden post-9-11 era with the unfortunate truth that the human race has long been manipulated by a race of shape-shifting lizard creatures from outer space, secretly and meticulously crafting world events to bend humanity to their will. Facts. 
This tale Truth. takes us back to a more innocent time when reptilian humanoids were just small town wonders and children were left to roam free to discover life's mysteries. Uh-huh. This story begins in Bishopville, South Carolina. <gasps> That's where my mom is from. Is oh, my mom a reptile? Uh-huh. Possibly. You According guys, to David Icke, this yeah, makes maybe. a lot of sense. <laughs> I chose this story for you today specifically, <laughs> so Allison. But my mom was Miss Bishopville. Like she really? was a beauty queen and she oh was my Miss God. Bishopville. So yeah. where did she live? Another there? hot mom. A lot another well, yeah. Um <laughs> she I I don't know. You don't know when she was there? I mean, from sixties, seventies. In the sixties. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Well, this but I don't pre- know the exact year. This that predates she was there. the story that we're about to tell. Okay, this wow. takes place in 1987. Mm. This is the story of the Lizard Man of Skateboard Swamp. Uh, what, of what swamp? Skateboard. Skateboard. Two words: skate or skateboard. Swamp. Okay. Uh, in in some of my research, I found that it was derogatorily referred to as skateboard swamp. <laughs> mm, no, sometimes, but um, I didn't like that very no. much. I don't like that name. Now, if you were to visit South Carolina today, uh-huh. and perhaps, Allison, you can uh, uh, back me up on this, and step into many of the countless gift shops lining the streets of its tourist destinations in cities like Myrtle Beach or Charleston, you may be lucky enough to spot the visage of an anthropomorphic reptile speed walking across a t-shirt, or perhaps chilling on a beer koozie dressed in a blazer and turtleneck with a laid-back attitude that seems to suggest... Let's party. <laughs> this is ringing uh, like a, a <laughs> tiny bell. Well, like this is making this is sounding a little familiar. Okay, sometimes he appears in the crude form of a hulking bodybuilder type that looks like it was traced <laughs> from an old photograph of Lou Ferrigno. Other times he shows up as a poorly Xerox copy of the creature from the Black Lagoon. Alas, the lizard man doesn't enjoy the summer blockbuster popularity of his hairy cousin Bigfoot. His charm rides on a more shoestring budget. But the locals of South Carolina, and Lee County in particular, know him well. He is their mascot, their lizard king. And the echoes of his legend can still be heard blowing through the slats of beachside boardwalks to this very day. <laughs> Why are you laughing, Michael? This, this is serious. serious. Thank you. It's true. So. Get a hold of yourself. That legend began 30 years wow. ago in the fall of 1987. Bishopville resident George Holloman Jr. was out past riding uh, out past midnight riding his bicycle on a country road near Scape or Swamp. Now, George Holloman Jr., I could not find in some accounts he's a little boy, in some accounts he's a, a grown up. Mm. I actually started digging around the white pages in uh, Bishopville and found a George Holloman Jr. spelled slightly different than the reports I found, and it put him in his 60s. So I would say bring, he would have been in his exactly. 30s. Exactly. Let's call him right now. Bring, I know. I almost did. Now, uh, so I think that I think he was probably in his 30s because yeah. of what happens next. Now, Bishopville is a small town by any standard. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Tiny. Allison, very tiny. Yeah. Uh, in uh, it's boasting just over 3,000 residents in the 2016 census. So we're talking mm-hmm. small podunk town. Right. Really. Your really mom small. was a country girl, but she was the hottest country Hell girl yeah. in the town. She was Hell a beauty yeah. queen. So she, she was, was a hot mom. <laughs> right? Is that what we're saying? Totally hot mom. Now, the story goes that George, apparently in no rush to get home, 
pulled over to take a sip from a nearby stream and then light himself a cigarette. I'm going to stop you there. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, please no. do. I love that. Uh, yeah, let's that was keep before in mind, bottled water. Yeah, I was going to say, this is, this is 1987, not 1927. I don't think any, or 1887. I don't think anyone should be drinking from a stream in a swamp Well, in Bishopville. Well, this guy should have been just, drinking uh, unpurified well water his whole life. Yeah, may have something to do That's with it. That's why he's a seven-year-old boy that it looks dirty and smokes cigarettes. <laughs> and sees lizards. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, remember, this is midnight. Wow. Uh, after midnight. So, as he was enjoying his midnight buzz, he looked across the road and noticed a large malformed tree stump that he assumed was left charred and destroyed by a lightning strike. As a car came down the road, uh, George looked on in astonishment as the tree stump stood up revealing itself to be a seven- to eight-foot-tall reptilian creature whose eyes glowed red as the vehicle passed. George watched, slack-jawed, cigarette dangling from his lower lip as the beast disappeared into the swamps. George would keep his story quiet until the following August, when more eyewitness accounts and reports of vehicular vandalism spread across Bishopville. In the words of a sheriff who took down a statement from George that following summer, the man... George thought he saw a haint. A haint? A haint. A ha- like a haunt? Like yeah, a like ghost. a haunt. Yeah. But it's spelled haint. Yeah. I, he I, thought I, he saw yeah. a haint. So George thought maybe this is a ghost no, or a demon of some kind. Yeah. <laughs> That's My cigarette's word. dangling haint. like that word. Haint. Yeah. He haint. thought he saw a haint. That's a haint right there. That's, a haint. Saw. <laughs> That's a haint of five. He's on. He's big old scaly. Scaly haint. A scaly haint. Yeah, right. <laughs> But the encounter that truly crystallized the Lizard Man in Bishopville folklore went thusly. It was summer of 1988. Big was hitting it big at the box office. The The top TV shows of the era, The Cosby Show, Roseanne, The Golden Girls, and Who's the Boss, were just kicking off their summer rerun cycle. Billy Ocean's Get Out of My Dreams <laughs> and Into My Car was still enjoying massive popularity over the song. radio. When 17 year old Christopher Davis was about to get out of his car and step into a nightmare. Did you write this? Oh, it's so good. I love it. You. This is how I spent my Sunday afternoon. Christopher was driving down a road near Skateboard Swamp when a rear tire on his 1976 Toyota Celica blew out. The young man skillfully pulled the creening vehicle to the side of the road and set about changing the busted tire. Just as he was putting the axle back into his trunk, Christopher looked up to see... Wait, the jack. The jack back into his trunk. Christopher looked up to see a hulking creature charging at him out of the dark. Scrambling back to the driver's seat, Chris managed to narrowly dive back into the car when a seven-foot reptilian monster with glowing red eyes slammed himself against the driver's side window. Christopher hammered the locks down on the door as the attacking lizard man tugged at the handle. The cowering teenage boy watched in disbelief as the creature leaped into the air, landing on top of the car, clawing at the roof, and slamming its claws against the windshield. As the feeble Celica rattled and bounced under the strain of the rampaging cryptid, the terrified teen revved the engine and peeled out. Zigzagging across the narrow country road, the creature finally rolled off the hood, and both parties vanished into the night. Hell yeah! (laughs) Christopher Davis was lucky that night to make it home alive. Shivering with fear in the family living room, the frightened boy, under the concerned gaze of his parents, managed to squeak out in airless breaths what had just happened to him. Once his son had calmed down, Christopher's father walked out to see the car's driver's side mirror had been grotesquely grotesquely twisted in place 
and three-pronged claw marks ran across its roof. Boom. Physical evidence. Like George Holloman Jr. <laughs> A-boom. That's what his dad said, too. A-boom. Physical evidence. Physical evidence. Like George Holloman Jr. before him, Chris's family initially kept quiet about this wow. encounter until two months later. On July 14th of that fateful southern summer, Mr. and Mrs. Ware of Lee County awoke to find their car, which had been parked along a back country road, guys get a garage, had been attacked, <laughs> for, for lack of a better term. The side mirrors were trashed, and the engine and electrical wires were gutted, as if something had just reached in and just started pulling the, sure. the bits and pieces of the car out. Law enforcement officials were baffled to find numerous three-toed tracks deeply embedded in the earth surrounding the vehicle. Mm -hmm. As similar vandalism spread across Lee County, law enforcement started asking for leads. Christopher Davis, at the behest of his parents, came forward and told his story of the lizard man to the sheriff's department. In his own words, Chris described the encounter as follows. I looked back and saw something running across the field towards me. It was about 25 yards away, and I saw red eyes glowing. I ran into the car, and as I locked it, the thing grabbed at the door handle. I could see him from the neck down, the three big fingers, long black nails, and green rough skin. He was strong and angry. I looked in my mirror and saw a blur of green running. I could see his toes, and then he jumped on the roof of my car. I thought I heard a grunt. And then I could see his fingers through the front windshield where they curled around the roof. I sped up and I swerved to shake that creature off. By the way, there's a storm coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear God. More wow. eyewitnesses came forward, including George Holloman Jr. Excitement in Bishopville ignited like a flame to swamp gas. Reports had hulking beasts chasing cars, reptilian howls crying in the dark, mm. a car full of teenagers spotting the creature darting across the highway. State troopers discovered a shredded 40-gallon drums stripped and scattered across the road. WCOS radio station offered a million-dollar reward for anyone who could capture the creature. Plaster casts of tracks made by the Sheriff's Department were sent to the South Carolina Department of Marine Biology, wow. and the results were inconclusive. At least one hoaxer was busted. On August 5th, an airman stationed at Shaw Air Force Base named Kenneth Orr claimed to have encountered the Lizard Man and shot at him, managing to blast a chunk of his crocodilian hide clean off his body. Probably trying to get that million bucks. Oh, yeah. yeah. He presented evidence to the police, which, turn out, which turned out to just be fish scales. Mm. When asked why he would lie, the Dang. airman simply said that he wanted to keep the story of the Lizard Man alive. Wow. As August ended and the cooler months arrived... The lizard man retreated back into the swamps, and eyewitness accounts faded along with the hot summer nights of 1988. Despite a brief, three <laughs> so good. Despite a brief three-month run, the lizard man would not soon be forgotten. Perhaps never. He became an icon, just <laughs> transcending from a brief, angry suggestion lurking in the swamps to mascot status launching a small but dependable line of locally made merchandise that would entice tourists for wow. decades to come. Hmm. In 2008, interest sparked up again briefly when a local couple found their car had been vandalized in similar fashion to the string of attacks 20 summers prior. Hmm. The incident was featured on an episode of Monster Hunters, who concluded through their expertise that only something large and strong capable of exerting a 300-pound force could have demolished their car. Sure. 
Aside from an obvious and comical attempt at a lizard man caught on tape photograph taken by churchgoers in 2015, Bishopville's resident reptilian overlord has remained dormant, hibernating in the realm of myth until another hot and humid summer lures him back out of our dreams and into our hearts once again. Wow. And that is the tale of the lizard man Ooh, of skateboarding. Ryan, all right. <laughs> That was so good, Michael. That was great. That was goddamn beautiful, man. It beautiful, really was, man. wasn't it? That was a hell of a hate right there, boy. <laughs> that was hell, a hate. Hell of a hate. Hell of a hate. Have you not heard? Have you, so have you heard of no, the I Lizard Man? Yeah, I Yeah, now it's it's all coming back um, to me. My mom was always embarrassed by it because she was from Bishopville. So she was always like, oh, yeah. that's where the Lizard Man's from. And she was like, oh, my gosh, right. please stop with yeah, this they, Lizard Man stuff. They, uh, it was know, always taken as a major joke, like yeah. at least where I was from. Well, mm. here's the, and we'll put this up, here's the photo from the 2015 uh, churchgoers who claimed that they had caught him on the way home from church. And, uh, well, oh as Bryce likes to say, you be the judge. Oh, yeah. But uh, <laughs> this seems to be... Oh, my God. <laughs> this is like... Not uh, quite as good as the Patterson-Gimlin. No, this is like uh, not even 1952-level Godzilla costumery wow. happening here. But wow. I do... Also, he is buff. Yeah. Um, there, is a, there is another video um, supposedly taken of the Lizard Man from around that same time in 2015 mm. lurking in the swamps. But it, it's so far off in the distance that I mean, but like, it's hard to tell, you know. It is hard to tell. I mean, I'll play devil's advocate. Just like a, that's a pretty intricate looking costume if that's what it was. And so, I mean, obviously somebody had to make that. I feel like that's a toy. <laughs> so, I feel like that's a toy. I feel like it's a kid's toy that they zoomed in on. Like that yeah. looks like it it's made be. of plastic. Come on in. Our next guest just arrived. <laughs> oh, sweet. Um, so listen, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to ask Allison, what the hell was that? Because she's going to know. Because I, I have all the answers. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> Kansas City. Food-wise, a city famous for its barbecue. But that's about to change. My name is W. Dave Keith, host of the podcast Taco the Town, and I believe that Kansas City is one of the most underrated, underappreciated, up-and-coming taco towns in the USA. On Taco the Town, we will shine a light on all the amazing tacos Kansas City has to offer. Kansas City is a great taco town filled with a variety of untapped taco stylings and flavors, and on the Taco the Town podcast, we won't stop until we've tasted every taco in the town. No taco table will go unturned. Each episode, we review a new taco Taco joint with a special guest. We share taco memories, discuss taco topics, and put tacos to the test. We check the latest stories in taco news, and no taco is off the table on Taco the Town. If you love tacos like I do, you're gonna love Taco the Town. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and Google Play. That's Taco the Town. And we're back, and, we're and back. it's time for what the hell was that? Yeah, uh, Allison Mon, yeah. just heard about the, your state's mascot, <laughs> the lizard My mascot. man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what the uh, hell is that? Do you well, think it's that's a bunch possible? Of cra- no, there's, it's not possible. That's not possible. What about Christopher Davis, who's who saw this thing attacking his car? Christopher Davis heard about it from some person who heard about it at church, from some person who heard about the original guy. I'm telling you, like, there are only 3,000 people in that town. They all talk. I know he didn't come publicly forward with it until the 17-year-old came forward with it, but this guy did not stop to have some water by a stream. Well, that's your Tom and Junior. Right. 
But then that's where it that all was started. The first guy. Yeah, that's where it all started, and I don't buy that. You don't buy that a local from no. Mischievous would drink water. In the 80s, you're even good, questioning. Good water. You're even questioning that he would drink <laughs> from a stream. Yeah, so I'm saying instead he was <laughs> drinking from like a six pack, and he okay. was drunk, okay. and he made up this story. Wow. This but is he what didn't I'm tell anybody until after the reports came out. So, so the computer says. But I think that he actually—it's a small town. Your it's, mom's from Bishopville. You would know. I'm telling you, it's a small town. These people all talk. They have nothing Here's another else question. to talk about. So, they, no one has spotted uh, the lizard since. man since your mom left town. So, <laughs> I'm telling you, it could, it's not not my mom. Uh, it's not. It's not yeah. Okay. <laughs> so. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, but um, now there are stories. Uh, from across cryptid lore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if you listened to that um, report that I worked on uh, at the beginning. You know, the reptilian thing has been around right. for a very long time. So, do you think it's possible, if not here in Bishopville, that there could be some sort of bipedal lizard creature? Living in the swamps or living like much like Bigfoot is seen in the woods. I, I don't. Believe You're gonna say so. no. I'm gonna say no. Mm. Well, I would I'm say. Sorry, guys. I would say. I feel the need to apologize, but I have to. I think no, I have the, to say okay. that. The thing that I have a problem with the lizard guys, from a zoological standpoint, <laughs> is that <laughs> you know lizards are cold-blooded creatures and they need to be low to the ground to keep their body warm. So I've never understood oh, the how a, yeah, unless they're warm-blooded animals. There was a whole, uh, the whole book that Jurassic Park was based on, uh, Robert T. Backer wrote this book called The Dinosaur, I think, Heresies. And it was all about this case for how um, dinosaurs were actually warm-blooded animals like elephants, you know, big, big, large animals, because um, they... If they were cold-blooded reptiles, they wouldn't have been able to survive and be, have that size of body mass. So they must have They'd been evolved. warm-blooded. Yeah, sure. And so they were sort of some sort of reptilian offshoot. And that's who Alan Grant in Jurassic Park is based off of. But that's the problem I have with these lizard men and the lizard aliens or whatever, is that if they were truly reptilian, they uh, they wouldn't be able to, if in cold-blooded, they can't they can't survive walking around like warm-blooded Yeah, creatures. but listen, uh, dinosaurs evolved into birds. You don't think they could have evolved <laughs> well, like, from cold-blooded That's a very good point. Well, that's, what a lot of people, that's, that's what a lot of people think is that lizard men are actually... A branch sure, of reptiles that evolved uh, into uh, humanoids in the in the same fashion that apes, uh, a line of apes evolved into uh, Homo sapiens. Yeah, I mean, this is the story of mythos. This is this is metamorphoses. The uh, you know the desert crawling creature that ha- takes to the skies. You know, so um, I just think that uh, the lizard creature defies more logic and science than uh, a creature like Bigfoot, which sure. could turn out to be just some type of primate, primate living in North America deep yeah. in the forest. Well, it's perhaps an endangered species or very small. I got to tell you, you know, when you were telling me the story, I was I was kind of immediately like uh, I originally thought of like some of the the odd cases that came out of Skidwalker Ranch, you know, and there's supposedly some sort of uh, Skidwalker Ranch of the South. Skidwalker. A Skinwalker Ranch of the Southeast. Skidmark Ranch. That's where Skidmark you live. Skidmark Ranch. Uh, <laughs> that's where I live. That's a, that's a hell of a hang right there. Uh, but no, I mean, um, I got to say, I, I, I think there's more to this story than just like some guy dressing up in a costume and, and running around the swamps late at night. Um, well, this, with, this specific story? The yeah, Lizard think, Man story? Okay. Yeah, I think there might be something to it. I mean, you know, it, it definitely seems like it, it was a, it popped 
in and out of a, a, a certain time and then kind of went yeah. away, which these things often it do. It follows a lot it of follows the same a lot patterns. of the bullet points of, yeah. I, okay. here's, here's my take on it. The original witness not coming out after a year. This is... Uh, I think maybe... Christopher Davis, the one who first reported oh, the it. First one. Yeah, who, by the way, I found out died like 10 years after that. So rest in peace, mm. young Christopher Davis. I think maybe he did have an encounter with something mm-hmm. and um, thought it was a lizard creature. And then I think the rest of it might have been small town hype. Sure. That's um, what that feel like. That's a very small I think town that's thing. Small town people yeah. being like, I saw it too. Mm-hmm. And then, well, and then, then George the guy Holman with the fish Jr. scales. Yeah. And, and then that guy, I mean, and there were many obvious hoaxes that followed. But uh, I think when something like that, whatever, whatever, the thing that really fascinates me about this story is that one summer and one real solid eyewitness yeah. report. Uh, Multiple also, solid eyewitness and reports. And physical evidence, arguable yeah. physical evidence. Uh, left an impact on South Carolina to the point that there's like t-shirts of this. Well, not a lot happens that like it's a, it's, it's a sort of a lazy, sleepy sort of area. I would argue that let's say I decide to put on a costume of, let's say like, not a lot happens. There's a lizard man living in the swamps. (laughs) I mean, let's, let's, and they're beauty pageants that my mother won. Yeah. But these things don't end up in, in, in in people's mythology. Like if I, if I, if I decide to go out and put on some big canary outfit and jump on the cars, you you know, do you think it's Canary Man? For sure you know, here in LA. If but I if do were... that a couple of times. I think that's called the guy who's dressed as Big Bird <laughs> at uh, Man's Chinese Theater. But that's not going to end up in a mythology that's selling local kitschy items in a gift shop, you know, 40 years later. I don't it think. Had I mean, impact. It, it had, had an impact. It had an impact. For sure. and it obviously why... left an right. emotional yeah. resonance with these people who saw it. And, and I don't know anybody in a costume like that, like let's say that big rubbery costume looking thing that can jump on a car and scratch and still make the scratch and still make those you yeah. know um physical marks yeah. something happened guys this you is know? why we put it up there in high strangeness That's yeah it is highly strange of 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 uh cryptozoology uh <laughs> Uh, 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 well, I think there's more to this story than uh, just uh, uh, <laughs> some some dude in a costume. I, I well, think that, yeah, I think course. this definitely follows the uh, the cryptid paradigm. You know, well, and, the costume just came later when somebody tried to hoax a photograph uh-huh. in 2015. No, well, that's the shame of it because that's where the people like me just shut off. I'm right. like, okay, well, the fish scale guy and that stupid picture. Yeah. It's obviously the whole thing isn't true. Yeah, and I know that's not the best way to be. It's just where my brain my brain doesn't want it to be true. So when I find the little nuggets that let it not be true, I latch onto those. Right. Instead no, of t- Totally, and obviously, you know, obviously, my brain works the opposite. Yeah. That is real as fuck. Well, and I should know—I didn't say this. I was saving it for uh, what the hell was that? Uh, the Marine, the Department of Marine Biology said that it was inconclusive that they could not figure out what the tracks were. The yeah. department, uh. South Carolina Department of Fish and Wildlife. They were let. They were like, "This has got to be a fake." So mm. you have two conflicting Very opinions. Interesting. Anyway, uh, we want to thank Allison for joining us. It's so lovely yeah, to see you guys. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it was thank exciting you. to be here as a fan. It was exciting to be uh, here. Right <laughs> good. Uh, what? Um, actually, you know, the thing I wanted to say about you is you seem like the sort of ideal listener and guest because you, even though you say you're not open, you are very open to this stuff. Even you know what I mean? Like I like. I mean, obviously, you're not open to the lizard man, and that's no, but, fine. I mean, you but, had an actual ghost hunter on your show. Like I. 
am not. I don't fall into that sure, category of, of awesomeness. No, no, no. But when you're presented with evidence that you that makes sense to you, sure. and you're, you're like, hey, maybe there's something here. You're right. a you're minded. I am. We're saying I this in front of our next guest. <laughs> <laughs> you're our favorite it's type of guest because <laughs> because you are sort of you are skeptical by nature, but you aren't. You are open to the imagination. This captures your imagination, sure. obviously, based on everything that you said earlier. Right, I meant to say real. this. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'm interested. Oh, that sounds fascinating. The past life stuff. like, uh-huh. it, And that's that's really what this is all about when it comes down to these stories are fun and fascinating. That's and... why I became such a fan of the of this podcast. Because yeah, I, I was like, oh, I'm just doing you a favor to listen Finally. to the first one. And oh, now, that's awesome. and now I, I appreciate just, it. I'm You're obsessed. here. You'll be like, let's see how crazy Michael is. Exactly. <laughs> I just needed to, I needed yeah. stuff to talk to you about our friends yeah. and about you with our Wait friends. Wait till she hears this, Hank. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so. So when do the new episodes of Nikki, Ricky, Dickie, and um, Don air? For I don't. The final they haven't. Season? They haven't told okay. us. I don't know. Um, I'm not sure yet. But okay, cool. Keep an eye <laughs> out for that. Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, where can people find you if they want to find um, you? Just my name, Allison Munn, on Twitter and Instagram. Awesome. And that's, it. that's great. Oh, thank you and so much. In my house with my kids. Okay. Well, let's <laughs> not do that. Don't, don't okay. Yeah. Don't come to my house. It's where I always am. But before we go, Riley, anything you want to plug? Uh, just the reptilian shadow government, you know. Keep an <laughs> yeah, eye yeah. Keep, keep an, an eye, eye out for that. Keep an eye That's out, Bryce. Nice. How about you? I'm on Instagram at Mr. Bryce Johnson and Twitter at uh, at Bryce O Johnson. And we're, follow us on our Bigfoot accounts. Uh, we're on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, you can find us pretty easily. I'm McMills on everything. Uh, I want to thank Riley Bray, our producer, and as always, I want to thank Sun Eaters for our music from the forthcoming song "Come Alone," courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. And until next time, everybody, why don't you just kick back, play some Billy Ocean, and Get remember those hot summer nights. Get out the backseat, baby. Look Get forward to the summer. To my that was my jam back in the day. Good night, everybody. <laughs> oh, man. In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their case has had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible, and if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday.